Hey, everybody, this is Larry Little, and you're listening to Crossing the Line, a podcast where we talk with leaders who have that moment in their lives when they cross that line from leading with their head to leading with their hearts and from leading with their hearts to leading with their heads. And what we're finding out is sometimes it's not just a moment, but it's actually moments where they learn those skills and they learn those lessons. And today, in part two of the interview with Steve Cook, we learn about the lessons that that he is is learning and, and has learned in his leadership journey that has helped him to cross the line. This is a very vulnerable podcast. Part two is very personal. It's very real. I I want you to listen to Steve as he shares with us from his heart, actually, something that he went through tragically, but yet used it to leave a legacy for himself and his children. He's continuing to live that legacy now through his tragedy. And now he's turned that now to to live a life that, that is full of living above the line, of investing in others, as he calls it, and what that looks like and where he is today. So I don't want to give away too much because it's a powerful podcast. So let's listen in right now to part two of the interview with Steve Cook. Well, it says a lot about expectations that he had for you and yeah. what, what he could see and, and almost prophetically see that what, what role you would be playing. Of course, nobody could actually see it, but the journey's not always been easy. And no, walk us through personally the, I would say, one of the, if not the biggest struggle challenge that you've had with, with your precious wife. Okay, guys, lean in right here. He's going to share his story of vulnerability in a very difficult and personal time in his life. And there is some really, uh, there are some really good nuggets here that I want you to grab. So uh, listen up. Yeah. So uh, uh, Marquita had two beautiful children, raised them up. Uh, in uh, 2017, we learned she had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And you just Google that and you know uh, yeah. the, the, the death rate is, is incredibly high. And so we went to get her the best possible care, and she survived for a year. Uh, and in 2018, she went to be with our Lord, and she is in a much, much, much better place and in a wonderful place. But that was a tough struggle, right? Uh, the kids were coming of age. They were, they were. One was in college. The other one had just gradu- was graduating from college. Uh, yeah. They both got married uh, in the middle of all that, and so there was a lot of turmoil and a lot of change uh, for me in 2017-2018 that, that changed me fundamentally mm. to think about. You know, I was always a hard charger and a driver and, you know, I've got control of this. And, you know, I knew the Lord's the one that had control of it. But I I, I went from re- I really started to understand, uh, no, I, I do not have control over these things. And I need to really put my faith in God and I need to lean harder and harder and harder. And that process, uh, going through that process, taught me a lot about myself and taught me a lot about how I can be a better leader at work and as well as be a leader of my family. Well, I watched you go through that and, and had the honor to, to observe and walk with you. Um, I was amazed at how selfless you instantly became. Um, you, I mean, you, you totally decided, you know, you said she survived a year, but you were a caregiver for a year. Yes. Talk a bit about that. Well, the first thing that I met with the doctor and he said, look, you're an engineer. I want you to engineer this. Go do all the research on it. So my son, who's an engineer, 
my daughter, we all dove in and started doing research. And I was in the journey, just like going back to when I was at NASA, many years later, started there. I was diving into all the journals, all the research publications. I said, let me have access to the same things a doctor have access to, not just Google searches, but I mean, really real technical journals. And and what's a, what's a path forward, understanding genetically what was happening, who's the best in the world at this. We sought out those that best in the world help. We took her to Johns Hopkins uh, uh, as one example. We also so took her up to uh, to an offshoot of uh, Vandy uh, in Nashville for some experimental treatments, and we tried several avenues. Uh, so I would focus on the treatment part, that part. What could we bring to her, and then helping her emotionally through that, right? Wow. Because yeah. that journey was really hard, coming to grips with the fact that you have a cancer, and you know you're not going to get to see your grandchildren. You know, not very likely you won't uh, get to, and she didn't. Uh, and what does that mean? And she was always a woman of strong, very strong faith uh, who helped me with my faith. And so walking that through with her and, and being there to support her emotionally towards the end, last few months, a lot of physical support needed there, too, while trying to get her the best care. Uh, yeah, it, it, I poured every and, and by the way, still working. Um, and, and work became kind of my refuge just yeah. to have a break. Yeah. Right. What would get that, that? I came to later have to deal with that too. Well, Steve, we talk about crossing the line, the name of this podcast, yes. and we talk about above the line being that's where our people skills are and, and, and where we get alignment and then below the line, our task. You are a below the line guy. I mean, you're, you're yeah. that in our vernacular, uh, if you're familiar, you're that lion camel kind of guy that lives and enjoys and works below the line. Right. But you made an intentional choice with your wife, Marquita, to go above the line and be there for her emotionally. You, you were still below the line researching and working and doing whatever you could do, but you made it an intentional effort to say, I've got to meet her emotional needs. You, you just articulated. What was that like? And how did you make that decision? How did you know to do that? You know, one, uh, because for the previous eight years, honestly, I had been working with you and mm -hmm. you had helped me come to understand what above the line and below the line means. And I had started applying those things in life. I was far too, I'm an ENTJ also, right? right. So, which the nickname for that is a field marshal. And I was proud <laughs> of that. You know, I was proud that, you know, Patton is my favorite general and, and drive, drive, drive. Okay. And I come to realize that you can have drive, but you also need to make sure you're caring for the mm. people. Right. Yeah. And so that journey had started, you know, probably eight years before. And I was like, now I have an opportunity to really walk that in my personal life at another level that I had never even thought about doing. Right. And, and we can't just be task oriented here. We have to. So it was actually a very natural transition because it was something that actually in case where I'd started practicing it more in my work life and yeah. then brought that back into my personal life. And then those personal experiences now have shaped me going forward as a leader into into the future. You know, what a beautiful example of servant leadership. And, and I think about your children who watched how you dealt with this crisis and the takeaways that, that they have, that your legacy and Marquita's legacy and how she was so beautiful walking through this and yes. her faith so strong that, that boy, you were, you were doing more than just caring for your, your wife. You were teaching your children about life, just like you learned things growing up. This was an incredible, difficult, Horrific, but really beautiful life lesson. 
It was. And, and, and then we come to the end and we were all gathered around mm. and we said a prayer and she breathed her last and mm. we were all there with her. Yeah. And, you know, there was sadness and losing her, but there was more joy than sadness because where she went Yes, and that she had lived a life and she left a legacy and, and then how she left her legacy. You know, she, she, she imparted some things to my children that were important. And one of the things was, Hey, your dad needs to be able to make decisions and, and explore and date and, and marry again. You know, he's a young she person. She said that to your She children. literally told, uh, particularly my daughter that, and, uh, I, I didn't know that until later. And, uh, and so when my children encouraged me, dad, I think it'd be great for you to start dating and you know, you, you need somebody. And I said, yes, I do. And, uh, and then I met this beautiful love of my life, Tanya, hmm. uh, three and a half years ago. And, uh, we've had a wonderful relationship there. And so there's been a new, a new wonderful chapter has opened. And, and now I've just expanded my family to have you know, three wonderful stepchildren. And, uh, and my children and now a couple of grandkids and this life is life is blessed wow and and so you meet you meet Tanya and with a freedom with a freedom to date with a freedom to allow the right person to come in because really Marquita set all that up she did and not that they're not bumps and challenges no. with children there always yes. are yes I'm just saying she allowed that. that's what a legacy she left that was an incredible selfless what legacy a, she left what a great selfless legacy well said because the opposite not saying anything or the opposite, I've learned that is the case in many cases, yeah. uh, makes it very hard That's right. uh, with, with the future. And you met Tanya, and now you guys have been married. We've been married for two and a half years. Beautiful, beautiful bride, and, yes. and, and still in your honeymoon, and able to celebrate each other's life and Absolutely. kind of blend, blend if I can use that word, yes. your lives together. I'm learning what a blended family is yeah. and each and every day. It's a it's a new opportunity and a new journey, and, and it's just an incredible blessing. So that that personally helped shape you as a leader. How, how have you taken some of the lessons you've learned there? Now you're you're the president of Dynetics, uh, uh, Lido's company. Is yes. that right? I get yes. that right. That's right. And uh, and so you lead how many people? Four thousand. All right. Four thousand people. How do you take those lessons that you've learned and how are you applying it to that position today as president? So if we think about what's happened, we were purchased by uh, Lidos a little over two years ago. And that was a it was an incredible opportunity for our employee owners at Dynetics. Right. Uh, incredible event for them. Uh, and their families. Right. Uh, and then we went right into COVID. I mean, within <laughs> weeks, went right into COVID. And now we're a part of this much larger corporation. What does that mean? And what that meant was I needed to rely far more on above the line than below the line. There's plenty of below the line that needed to happen, but our folks are feeling uncertain. They're in this new company. What is this really going to be about? What's my future going to happen? COVID. Every day was a new journey there, right? What's going to happen, particularly for that first year? And so spending much more time above the line in that work and walk on that walk with Dave King, you know, very good mentor and friend and, mm. and my boss there at the time. And uh, who then set me up later on uh, a few months ago to take over the helm of, of Dynetics. So it's really been about... The, moving myself to spend most of my time above the line and and knowing that my, I can always go below the line really easily. Right? <laughs> when, right. I, when I need to dive down on right. the details, I can do that. Right. But I need to spend more time above the line. And so all of those experiences in the personal life, which forced me to spend more time above the line, then now have driven into my 
work life, which is spending more time with my employees. I started doing more management by walking around time, getting to know people on the shop floor, getting to walk to all of our locations across the United States, uh, getting to know those folks. What's what's their journeys? What's going on in their life? What makes them a part of this? And getting really excited about getting, I get more energy now, Larry, of when I get to spend time just with the employees and our, uh, our, our wonderful workforce all around the U.S. And, and, the, and again, the journey they're on, I get, that's where I now get my energy at, from a work perspective. It's not about, I just accomplished this new scramjet or I just accomplished this new hypersonic system. That's all great. And that's what I used to get excited about. Wow. Now I'm far more excited about watching the team mature and grow and particularly watching our leaders mature and grow. Mm. Oh, I love it, Steve Cook. So tell me this. There are many people who are Steve Cooks in terms of they, they get energy from below the line. They they are engineers. They're technically driven uh, men and women. And they know they need to be above the line. And some, they, Look, we've got to lead above the line. But they just have they have no idea how to do that. And they don't understand really what it takes to get above the line and maybe the cost of what it, it takes, especially in the beginning. What did you do? And, and, and I watched you grow in this area so much with, with, with uh, being intentional. Yes. But what did you do to t- grow that muscle so that you could lead above the line? So I think, I think you just said it. You have to be, number one, you have to be intentional. Mm. You have to practice it. Right? Uh, if it's, and, and using whatever, whatever method is good for you, whether that's a, a sticky note on your mirror in the morning or whether that's a note in your, in your book or, or a reminder, whatever works for you. That's so good. Make it intentional. Make, make, decide today what intentional things am I going to do to be above the line and caring and being a part of uh, my employees or my team, whatever you're involved with, life, right? Family, right? All of those things. What am I going to do there? What am I going to intentionally do there? I'll think about that. I, I go, I, I pray about it, and then I pray in the morning. So I use that as a, as a mean to kind of ground me what I need to be focused mm-hmm. on today. That helps me uh, personally to do that. That's so good. Um, and then just practicing it and recognizing, so good, yeah. recognizing that you you can't ever have perfection. You'll never get there because That's every great. situation is different. And then just being willing to slow down and 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 take life in as it happens. Uh, one of the one of, I have a quote on my wall. It's from my wife. It's from Tanya, and it's right there on her wall. And she said it to me one day. She says, uh, "Just because you can't go fast doesn't mean you should." Oh, that's okay. good. That is good. And so you know that's a that's a that's a going below to above the line in that little quote right there. Just because you can go fast, the below piece. Doesn't mean you should the above piece, right. and so you know I have that little reminder right there. They just kind of okay. Let me just calm down for a minute. And there's times when I'm ready to go full below the line, right? Full line below, and and you need to be able to do that, right? You need to. There's times when you need to say, hey, I need to yeah, go. I got to focus on execute. Stuff. We have to run a business, right? That's right. But here's what I know from starting as a young leader, as a Boy Scout and an Eagle Scout, and and through my career at NASA, my career at Dynetics and now Lidos is it really comes down to its relationships with other people mm. and developing those relationships mm. with other people is so critical. So just so you don't miss this, it's so good. He says, Steve says, look, if you're going to lead well, 
and, and you're going to lead above the line if, if you're more comfortable below. But you got to be intentional to get up there. You got to you got to choose, make choose to do that. And then you got to practice it and realize you're not going to always get it right. You can't have perfection. He said, he said, you got to slow down and take life just because he says just because you can doesn't mean you should. And the sign that that Tanya has has giving him him to, to put in his office. And then he says, you got to build relationships. Got to build relationships with people. Be intentional. Practice. Slow down relationships really really good stuff for us all you learn that from an early age uh if i could tell one early story we're at the end but this kind of oh, good. Uh, solidifies this when i was in boy scouts uh i had become a uh, i become a uh, assistant senior patrol leader and i was working my way up and i loved it and i was very below the line as you can imagine as a uh, probably 13, 14 year old at the time. And they sent me to a class for senior patrollers and it was a weekend camp. This weekend camp, you would show up with your patrol box, which had all your equipment you were expected to have. And you were going to be handed a new group of students that you've never, or kids that you've never worked with before from another troop. And you were going to lead that patrol for the weekend. You were going to have a series of tasks you had to do and you'd be graded on those tasks and what happened. So they said, come loaded with all your food, your patrol box, all that. And so you show up, you meet your new patrol, and now you have to orienteer your way back to the site, and they'll take your patrol box and your tent, all your stuff that I prepared. Well, I prepared it all. I had it all set up, laid down, all organized, ready to go. Off goes my patrol box. First thing we learned, uh, these new little kids, I, they, I didn't understand them. They didn't know me. And right off the bat, we blew the orienteering. We only did about half the course. We were supposed to do the whole course. And the truck picks us up on the side of the road, so we get a zero for the first task. <laughs> and when we show up and to pick up our gear, they said, oh, no, those that got here first got to pick from the other people's patrol boxes and tents. And they got, and you get whatever's left over. And we literally got these broken down tents, broken down patrol box, limited food, and mine had gone to somebody else. I was like, what? And so at first I had this indignant attitude about it, right? How could that happen? Like this was part of the leadership learning Mm -hmm. they were putting us through. And I went back to that group of guys and I said, you know what? There was the best patrol. There was, he had all these other activities. We got a zero on this first one. I said, let's go and be the best we can be. And I dove in and got to know those young men. And we all worked together. And you know what? By the end of that weekend, we won the best patrol. <laughs> oh my and goodness. I hung that on my wall for the longest time. The ribbon that went with it was a little simple ribbon and a little handwritten out certificate yeah. for winning the best patrol. Because I realized it's not all about below the line. You got to go above the line and I got that driven in early I didn't even understand what all that meant at the wow. time you know at 14 years right, age, right right but that's just a that's that that got that got planted early in life that's a powerful story and, and where it actually you actually have an ex- experience that validates what you what yeah, you learned early in life what you knew early in life so early in life and, yep and now you're still practicing as president leading 4,000 people one more question. I had, we could talk all day, and and you're amazing. What we haven't even scratched the surface of your of your accomplishments and leadership and things that you've done. But this is so rich, and your story is so so chock full of, of takeaways for us. So thank you for that. But here's my question for you. What do you think about it? Right. So when it's all said and done, and you look back over your life, and you see all these things that that you've done. If you could say, this is what I would want my legacy to be, this is what I want to be remembered for, what is it? I want to be remembered as somebody that followed 
Christ's example, mm. lived a Christ-like life, uh, showed the fruit of the Spirit in all that he did, and then when he failed, he corrected himself and moved on and was and showed that example to others. So if I could be seen someday as I lived according to the way Christ and the Bible would tell me to live, that's the legacy that I would want to live in both work, home, personal, life, everything. Wow, powerful. And you are doing that, my friend and brother. Thank you for this time. I'm going to give you one more word to say, whatever you'd like to say as we get ready to close. But this has been amazing, and I want to thank you for being with us and sharing so vulnerably your story and your life. I'm going to give you the last word. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been great. I love I love being able to talk leadership. I just say that leadership is a journey. It never ends. You never fully succeed. You just got to keep working at it and exploring new things. But remember, in the end, it's the people that allow you to be the leader. So powerful. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. I hope that you were touched by that podcast like I was. Um, Steve certainly has um, an incredible journey. I'm so appreciative of him sharing that and what he learned from uh, the death of his precious wife, Marquita, who selflessly left a legacy of, of you guys have to have to go on. You have to continue to live and giving that permission to her daughter and to her children and to Steve to, to go on with their life. Um, truly a legacy, a legacy moment. Um, but how he walked through that difficult time, how he used his engineering skills to research and try to engineer this, this diagnosis or, or reverse engineer this diagnosis, I should say, and how he learned a hard lesson that she needed him emotionally more than anything else and learning to, to get above the line to meet her emotional need. It's just an, an, an incredible story. And then how he uh, met his beautiful wife, uh, currently Tanya, and, and the life that they're building together. Uh, based on what he has learned and how he has grown and I'm sure how Tanya has grown. And then just some practical things that I hope that you, you wrote down, as Steve talked about, you know, if if we're really going to be successful in leadership, if we're really going to be successful crossing that line, we've got to be intentional. Uh, we've got to we've got to choose to do this and, and make it a choice. And he said we have to practice. That means it can't be perfect. Practice means it's not perfect. It means it's practice, and we got to learn and we got to grow as we practice going above the line and then below the line and above. And then I think he said something so powerful to me personally: slow down. You know, just because you can. Uh, move fast doesn't mean you should, he said. And I think that's just a brilliant, brilliant conversation. And a reminder to all of us that it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And how he wants his legacy of life to be uh, about being a Christ-like example. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know what that means. And uh, that he, he would want to be remembered as someone who had the fruit of the Spirit, but yet who failed and who continued to get back up and continue to lead. Uh, following God. I thought that was uh, just a tremendous, tremendous vision for uh, this tremendous leader. I'm so appreciative of the time he gave to help us, to encourage us, and I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you for listening and joining us on uh, this edition of Crossing the Line. I hope it spoke to you. I hope it touched your heart, and then I hope you can use your head to apply it in your own leadership. Thanks for crossing the line to make a difference in the lives of leaders.